All right, everybody, welcome to our teaching series, Invisible. Today, we're going to tackle a heart-wrenching issue called slavery. I'm not talking about the slavery that our country dealt with many years ago. I'm talking about the slavery that's happening today. The word now, human trafficking. Children being sold into sex slavery. It's happening in hotels right down on the interstate, Interstate 80 in our own town. It's happening here in Haiti where I'm standing today, where it's ravaged the nation. Generations have been impacted. Children have been sold and sent off to other countries to be sold into sex slavery or to be worked hard to build other people's mansions or to work in other people's governments. God has a solution for this. He has an answer for it. We also have the invisible um, immigrants that's come into America and they're working to try to get by and try to make a, a, a living for themselves, working for wages far less than what you and me would even be satisfied with. God has an answer for it. We're going to find it today as we discuss this invisible need called slavery. All right. Well, listen, welcome to New Life Today. My name is Jeff. I am one of the pastors on staff here. Uh, it's a privilege to serve at the church. So if you are a guest here with us today, I just want to let you know, thank you for coming today. Man, I know you had a lot of other churches that you could have chosen from. Uh, there was a lot of places, a lot of different times to worship, but you found your way here to New Life. I don't think that was by accident. I believe God has something that he wants to say to you today. If you are watching us right now on live stream or you're down in our gym venue right now, I just want you to know thanks for being here with us. And if you're visiting with us down there, we are equally excited about you being here. I would love to meet you uh, after the service out in our lobby. Well, today we are in week three of our teaching series entitled Invisible. It's been my endeavor to really help us go on a journey to look at needs that are in our community and needs that are around the world that are robbing killing and stealing from other human beings jesus calls us to love them in fact god says there's two things that you need to build your entire life around loving god with all your heart soul mind and strength and then loving your neighbor as you love yourself we can't forget about others christianity shouldn't allow you to forget about others but we do know that we get in routines right is your life anything like my life where you wake up at a certain time basically the same time because uh, my nice little phone, you know, the alarm goes off and wham, I'm awake and off I go. Uh, and then you drive the same route to work, you hang out with the same people, and you do some of the same basic things every day. And if that's how you live your life, which is normal, uh, then you are missing out on a lot of the other needs that are happening uh, in our world and that are happening here in Kearney, Nebraska. One of those needs, surprisingly enough, is slavery. I know that many of you thought that slavery ended in 1833 with uh, William Wilberforce. Or maybe you thought that slavery ended with um, you know, Abraham Lincoln, the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, but it didn't end in, in 1863. Some of you may have even be aware that in 1949 that the United Nations declared human trafficking to be incompatible with the dignity and worth of the human person. But in the midst of those three massive decisions... Slavery, which in today's terminology is more used as human trafficking, continues. In fact, in our world today, there are more people that are declared to be slaves on planet Earth today, in 2013, November 2013, than ever in all of our history. 
I'm not talking about combined necessarily. I'm just saying that on earth today, those with the title slave, there's more of them on earth today than ever before. In fact, there are somewhere around a total of 27 million people that are caught in slavery. Today we want to focus in on that slavery. As you well heard in my video, there are multiple different avenues of slavery. We want to focus in on the most predominant means of slavery, the sex slavery, the sex trading that's going on um, down Interstate 80 that's happening around the world. And w- what devastation is, is, uh, is that being is, is caused in the hearts of those caught in it? And what are some of the, the remedies? What are some things that we can do to help, uh, you know, degrade it and destroy it and see it brought down? Um, if you were watching your news, you probably saw in um, on Thursday, November the 14th, that there was a uh, there was a case that they finally wrapped up. It was a case that they had been searching um, and looking at. They called it Project Spade. They'd been researching uh, this sex slave industry that was being um, funneled right out of Toronto, Canada. You know, a, uh, a city that would be, you know, just like maybe any city in the United States. Um, they, just, they just brought that to a closure and made a lot of arrests and rescued a lot of children. In fact, they rescued somewhere near 400 children, um, rescued them out of sex, uh, sex trading and sex slavery, and they made about 348 arrests all around the world. It all happened simultaneously in multiple different countries around the world. Um, in fact, here in the United States, there was somewhere around 76 arrests that took place of those uh, 380-some arrests that happened. They said that the investigators that looked at the material said that there was about 45 terabytes of data, 45 terabytes of sexual images and video that had been created both in Toronto as well as over in Europe in countries like Ukraine and Moldova that had been sent back to Toronto for them to kind of filtrate it and send it out and uh, get it and disperse it into the hands of people, sending it through the mail, downloading it on the Internet. 45 terabytes of information, my friends, is a lot of information. The investigator said that, that, that the images were the most horrific images that they'd ever laid their own eyes on when it came to the sexual acts that they, they had kids and forced kids to do. Unfortunately, many of those that were arrested were already people that were considered to be safe and working with children. The report goes on to say that 40 school teachers, nine doctors and nurses, six law enforcement personnel, nine pastors and priests, as well as foster parents, were among the 300 and 48 arrested around the world. I'll tell you those things just to boil the issue right down to the common ground. Sex slavery doesn't mean that you have to own a slave. doesn't mean that you have a slave that's in chains, that's in your backyard living, doing all of your petty work that you want them to do. Sex slavery could easily be happening at your next door neighbor's house. How they're behaving, how they're interacting with the world, and how they're, you know, utilizing the very means and forces that are putting people into positions of slavery called pornography. Today we're going to deal with issues like that, and we're going to get to the bottom of some of these things. But before, I, before we get to the bottom, what's our, what's our action steps? I feel like I want to dig the hole for you just a little bit deeper. I really do want you to understand the real need that's around us right now. Of these 27 million slaves that are caught, and many of them in sex slavery and forced labor, approximately 80% um, of all human trafficking victims are women and girls. And 
Of those women and girls that make up the 80% of those caught in sex slavery, 50% of them are estimated to be minors. That's massive. Of those minors, there is approximately 2 million of them that are children that are used every single day in commercial sex trading around the world. These are massive issues. Of these slaves, there are estimated to be about 300,000 of them that are children, that are minors, that are thrown into war situations with guns put in their hands, put out onto the, onto the war front, and are, caught and, are, and are challenged to fight for their own country. These children are 5 to 17 years old. Here in America, we're seeing on, on, an, on a regular basis, the most recent statistics tell us that there's somewhere between 15,000 and 17,000 thereabout slaves that are being imported into our country on an annual basis. And that this, this illicit human trafficking has a, has a token bill to it of about $32 billion a year that's being earned, wages put into the, to the pockets of very wicked, wicked men that are, ra- that are running these, uh, these issues all around the world. Some of these guys are drug, drug dealers. Drug dealers that have realized, they've woken up and they realize, I can sell some cocaine to a person and I only get to do that once. Then I have to go back and I have to keep my lines of communication open to import it into the country and divvy it up and sell it out. Or I can have a couple of sex slaves. I can have a couple of prostitutes that work for me. And I tell them where to go and what to do. And, you know, that girl will make me, you know, 500 to to $1,000 a night. And I can keep using her night after night after night with the same men sometimes over and over and over again. And I can make my, my riches that way. And they've wised up to that. But to do that, it's one thing to sell drugs to a person. It's another thing to sell a human to a person. There's no girl on this planet that ever woke up, ever woke up in the middle of the night and says, I have a dream. I have a dream to be a prostitute. I have a dream to be a slave, slave to sex, that I have to sleep with you know, whoever comes through those doors. There's no girl and no woman on this planet that wakes up and says, that's the dream I have for my life. So how does it happen? It happens by wicked, wicked men that share lies, that share, you know, false hopes, that say, I'll help you with a modeling career, or, you know, I'll help you with college, or I'll help you with this, or I'll help you with that, or I know your family's in a difficult time, but if you come and work for me, there's a couple of things you can do, and then they, they turn the corner on them, and they, they bend it, and then they start breaking them down. They start breaking their identity down. They break them down in horrific ways. They break them down by threatening them. If you don't do these things, you know, then you know, you're going to die. They break them down by threatening them. They say, if you don't do these things, then I'm going to go kill your parents or I'm going to go kill your children. They threaten them, you know, with physical acts of, of uh, rape and of gang rape. And of just taking their fists and beating them, breaking them down. And over time, they break them down because they know if they've got the right girl that looks the right way, that that girl broken down will earn them thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wicked men selling others. For profit. Unfortunately, many of these girls that end up in this sex trade industry enter in somewhere between the ages of 12 and 14 years old all across the world. God has a solution for that. Remember? Remember Matthew 25, verse 35 and 36? I was hungry, right? And you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger. And you invited me into your home. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. 
I was in prison, right, and you visited me. This was testing you. See if you're with me. Jesus said those words. And then they challenged him and they said, well, when did we ever do these things? We never saw you hungry and take care of you or thirsty or you walking around the streets with no clothes on. Are you in prison? We never saw you that way. And Jesus said, when you do these things to the least of these, and you love them in that way, then you're loving me. All right, but what does it mean to do that? What does it mean to love people that are found in difficult situations? Today, to help us understand this need of human trafficking here in Nebraska, not just around the world, and to also help us understand how we can love like Jesus challenged us to in Matthew chapter 25, I've invited a friend. His name is Al Ruskowski. Uh, Al is from Lincoln, and he's also the executive director of Nebraska uh, Family Alliance. I'm going to have Al come right now and introduce more of what Nebraska Family Alliance is. So would you please put your hands together and welcome Al Ruskowski. Welcome. Be here. Welcome. Amen. Yeah, man, thanks for coming. You had to wake up super early and you had to drive in the rain and all those types of things somewhere at 4 o'clock in the morning just to be with us today. No, so, I didn't get up till 4.30. Oh, 4.30. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, uh, well that, good for you. Good for you. I'm glad that happened. Hey, why don't you just, uh, let's just jump into this thing. Tell us a little bit about what is the Nebraska Family Alliance? Um, what is this? Maybe define that by maybe sharing with us maybe a couple of the causes that you guys are fighting for. Well, Nebraska Family Alliance came into being in 1988. Actually, we just merged together Nebraska Family Council and Family First. We became Nebraska Family Alliance. Our newsletter is on the table out there. Uh, our good-looking faces are on the front, or at least some of them are good-looking, uh, <laughs> or in the newsletter. Yes. Um, Hallie, actually, I just performed her wedding yesterday, who's on staff, got married, and uh, that was exciting to be part of that. We kind of see ourselves as a family more than a... Uh, anything else in a ministry that is there. So we, we know we're much stronger together than we were apart. So we've called ourselves now Nebraska Family Alliance. Uh, we're located 11th and E, just a short distance from the state capitol. That spot um, was considered to have more crime on it, not far from the Lincoln Capitol than anywhere else in Lincoln. We bought this great big old uh, home, which is debt-free at this point. Nice. Uh, first floor was dedicated to prayer. Second floor, it has our offices that are located there. Karen Bowling um, oversees our prayer ministry, which is so very, very important to us. We have what we call intercessory prayer network, uh, where we send out at least once a month to people about issues to be praying about. We have called Adopt a Leader where people say we'll pray for our state representatives and we'll give you a magnet. You can put it on a prominent place to remember to pray for them, as well as she is the state coordinator for the National Day of Prayer here in the state of Nebraska. Prayer is is so important. Uh, When I became executive director uh, of Nebraska Family uh, Alliance, we've been around again for 25 years, but I did that 12 years ago, and I had never really been at the state capitol. And so at that point, I asked my wife and Karen to pray for me. I'm heading over to the state capitol. I I don't know anyone. Somehow I need to break in here. God has to provide a way. And so I walk into the capitol thinking, okay, Lord, now what? And I just there a few minutes, and a gentleman, very dignified, walks up to me and says, hey, Pastor Al. And I turn around. He knew immediately I didn't have any clue who he was. And uh, he said, well, when you pastored in Chapel, Nebraska, which was a long time ago, 
I was in your citywide youth group, graduated from high school, went on to college. Now I work here at the state capitol. Name was Steve. And I said, well, great, Steve. So, so what do you do here? He said, well, I'm the chief deputy attorney general. Yeah. I said, wow, that is cool. Um, any chance you can introduce me? Oh, I'd love to introduce you to everybody here. And yeah. so that's how we have functioned for the last 12 years. Uh, the Lord has gone before us in, in the way of prayer. And, of course, we get in, involved in many issues uh, that involve biblical principle. Marriage is, is a big issue before us today. We are an affiliate of Focus on the Family. We do work closely with, like, Alliance Defending Freedom, Heritage Foundation, Citizen Link, etc. The best, best pamphlet I have ever seen uh, has been done with a collaboration of all the groups on marriage, and it's on our table. Matter of fact, everything on our table is there for the taking. There's no charge. Uh, encourage people to go to our table. The only thing is if uh, over a period of time all of our funding comes from people like yourself or from the church here, we get no state or federal uh, income, and so we would ask it, uh, if you take something, would um, go on our website or whatever and help us out. There's also a sheet you can fill out to get our onto our intercessory prayer network, adopt a leader, get our information. But we work on marriage. We work on sexual liberty in opposition to that, the sexual orientation issues, freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, sanctity of life is such a big issue, public schools, transgenderism. You know, the interesting thing is that the sexual liberty is probably the thread that unites and connects almost every one of these issues. Wow, wow. As well as the one we're speaking to today. Yeah, yeah, and that's the reason why I had you come. Because to me, I've heard you, um, I heard you speak uh, almost every year. You know, you meet with us as ministers. Mm. You share a little bit about what you got going on. You're always a man of passion. Mm. You've always got something that's right in front of you that you are tackling, and it's mm. typically big. Mm. So I respect you for that. Mm. You, you, you just got a fire that's burning in you, mm. and I thought. Who could, I, who could I bring that would really ignite a passion for dealing with this issue of this sex slavery, this human trafficking, modern-day slave? And I thought instantly of you, Al. Mm. So thanks for carving out the Sunday and being with us. I was wondering, though, um, how did you come to personally, something more of a personal thing, how did you personally come to, to serve these modern-day slaves? Well, I might even refer to Ephesians five eleven to 13, how the Scriptures talk about revealing what is hidden, that it may be seen and brought to light. And actually, we, we lived just south of Lincoln. My wife's family homesteaded in the 1850s south of Lincoln, and we live on the family farm out there and needed an excavator to come move some dirt. Well, I was going through the Yellow Pages, and I'd never noted, noticed escort services. And at that time, this was five, six years ago, I think there were like 14 half to full page ads Mm. advertising that a woman would come to your home. Matter of fact, even at that time, a minor would come to your office, your home, would do whatever you wanted in the nude, whatever, in the yellow page. So I went to the chief of police, Tom Cassidy at that time, who, who I knew fairly well, and I took the yellow pages with me, and I said, Tom, I said, I've seen this in the yellow pages. It sounds like prostitution, but there's no way possible that can be in the yellow pages. And he said, yes, it is. Matter of fact, there's a piece of legislation I've been trying to get passed right here in Lincoln to regulate these escort services. I can't get it done. 
I said, well, give it to me. I'll take it to the state capitol. We'll get it done. Six years later, we're still working on it. But um, we're getting other things done in regard to the area of human trafficking. So that's what got me started. We started investigating the escort services, which immediately took us to human trafficking, sex slavery that uh, was happening here in the state of Nebraska. So it was really a personal thing that happened for you. Your eyes were opened up, and you were, you were um, unwilling just to close your eyes to it and just let it go invisible again. Because when you were looking for that excavator and you ran across the escorts, you could have just kept flipping the pages like probably so many of us have done. You know, I was, uh, I was telling us earlier about some of these uh, travesties that are happening with the modern-day slave around the world. And um, I was wondering if you could just help us see what's really going on in Nebraska, though. Mm. What happens right here where we live? Do we have a human trafficking issue here in Nebraska? Do we have a problem? Um, what happens here inside of our state? Well, I've been appointed to the governor's task force on human trafficking, and I co-chair the research aspect of that. We came into existence about a year and a half ago. We just issued our first human trafficking report. And uh, if you'd like a copy, I'd be happy to send it to anyone, email it to you, just Fill out that sheet of paper on the table and just leave it on the table, and I'll, I'll pick those up later. But in the report, as we began interviewing law enforcement, immigration, various agencies, every single place we looked, we found it. The mm. interesting interviews, two individuals who actually owned sex rings let me interview them. Mm. Um, mm. I said, I'm not here to prosecute. I'm here for purely research, so if you tell me something that uh, is prosecutable, um, yeah, right. tongue-in-cheek, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. um, you know, I have to tell law enforcement, so be careful what you tell me. But I had 20-some questions. Most of that's in the governor's task force, what wow. I asked them, their responses to it, but found uh, incredibly what was happening in especially the Lincoln Omaha area. We again have just been focusing on the sex trade as we're getting started. We know labor trade is here as well. Right. And um, as I mentioned in first service, uh, actually have been working somewhat with the FBI out of Omaha. They, they identified Omaha is one of the 39 worst cities in the country yeah. for the sex trade. And so they set up an innocence loss program. And uh, interesting information from the FBI, U.S. Nebraska Attorney General's Office, and others about what's happening right here in our own state. Wow. Well, we hear... Um here in Kearney, we watch, you know, NTV or some news program, and you hear about the, the drug trafficking that's happening. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear about a car that got pulled over, and there's X amount of pounds of marijuana, or there's X amount of cocaine. But we don't hear a lot about a car gets pulled over, and someone's arrested because they're, they've got, you know, sex, uh, sex uh, slaves, you know, in their car. So what's happening with Interstate 80? Because as us, for our community, we're right on Interstate 80. Well, the two things. Number one, there are no prosecutions right now for human trafficking really in the state of Nebraska. Uh, there has been no venue for that. Uh, the, one of the other things that I serve on is the legislative committee starting to craft legislation to help us here in the state to attack that issue. Hmm. We also just created an education piece for law enforcement so that they begin to be trained as to what to be looking for. It's like the domestic violence issue that, that came about maybe 10, 12 years ago. Everyone thought, well, it's just an issue that's 
personal, doesn't really affect other people. Right. But now it's, it's, it, there's a much better realization. Well, same thing with this issue. Well, when we began looking at these escort services and these ads in the yellow pages, we have a, quite an internship program. And so we had some grad students. I asked them, I said, now, would you look and see if this same ad is in Omaha? I'm just curious. And maybe Des Moines, Iowa, and maybe Cheyenne. Well, then they began spreading that out down Interstate 80. They went clear to New York and to California. Probably wrong arms. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. It's okay, though. It's okay. All right. But they found the same ad all up and down Interstate 80, as well as going up and down I-29. We're right in that crosshair. One thing that, that has happened just in the last two or three years, the yellow page ads are disappearing. They're all going to the Internet, Craigslist. And on that, we're finding massive amounts of advertisement. We did another research study finding just for Lincoln alone, mm. through over 350 different girls being advertised in the sex trade, between 5 to 10% of those we identified as obvious minors. Wow. Adver- so the, the demand is just massive. Yeah. That's just Lincoln alone. Yeah, yeah. So the demand is, is obviously driving the, the issue. We, we call Nebraska the good life. Right. So in continuing with this thought, what are, what are some of the causes that are driving this human trafficking issue here in Nebraska? Well, pornography is a huge uh, catalyst to all of this. It's interesting, you know, yesterday, uh, my wife didn't come because some of our kids came home to go to the Nebraska game, but we won't talk about the Nebraska <laughs> right, football yeah, game. Sure. <laughs> but when that happens, when we have a Nebraska football game, it's a magnet. And uh, when I interviewed the sex owners of the sex trade, they said, our phones do not stop ringing for 24 hours during a Nebraska game. Also, these folks that uh, mm. advertise, they're like a moving um, show so to speak. I mean, that's the only way to liken it, in that they'll advertise, okay, you've got a Nebraska football game. We're going to be in Lincoln for three days with our girls, and you can access us through X. Wow. It, wow. It's, it's just an amazing, fluid, moving, as well as some of these. Um, you know, if I had our PowerPoint, we did a little investigation of these escort services. You could see how many of them are in Lincoln, Omaha. There's some in Kearney. They're in Grand Island. Matter of fact, the FBI is investigating some of this. It's a massive problem. Wow, wow. How are these girls and these women, even here in Nebraska, how are they getting caught and finding themselves as sex slaves? How, how is this, how's that happening well, here in our state? Prob- you know, there, there are many different ways um, that it's happening, but probably the, the largest group are at-risk kids. Like the first case of human trafficking were two girls, 14 and 15, who ran away from a group home in Fremont, went to Omaha. Within moments, they were picked up by a gentleman. Uh, FBI found the one girl uh, being sold for sex in New York. They found the other one in Iowa and prosecuted wow. the guy. Wow. Tom Cassidy will tell, has, has said, and he said, if you're a runaway, you go onto the streets of Lincoln, Omaha, it's probably more a matter of time, hours, not days, hours before you're forced into the sex trade. You'll be take, you're literally forced into the sex trade and used that way. So at-risk kids, but also any children. Like Anna Brewer and I from the FBI, we, tro- we drove out to McCook to speak to the junior-senior high because a girl out there had gotten on Facebook, mm. and there was a gentleman who was going to come out and grab her 
Fortunately for her, she had family around her to protect her, found out, contacted the FBI. They nabbed this guy. But we went out to talk to the kids out there. You know, you've got to be careful who you communicate with on the Internet because there are predators out there who will take advantage of you if you're not careful. So kids out on the street that are on their own or at-risk kids, even in high schools, can be prey for these kind of individuals. Well, you were telling me when we were talking, which, by the way, um, the research that went into pulling this Sunday service off was probably some of the most some of the most wicked mm. and the most heart wrenching um, study that i 've ever had to do yeah. it, it made me literally just sick to my stomach. Tears came down my face. Some of those tears came from our conversation, mm. and um, you were telling me about a, a young lady that um, was in the Lincoln area, um, just a young girl, and what had happened with her. Just a real, it was a real-life story, and it, just, it caught me. And I was wondering if maybe you could share any details from that story at all. Very little. And I, I like Isaiah 58, 6 talks about the kind of fast that the Lord would have us to be, and one is to deliver people and to bring justice. And this is, this is a real-life case. I might just interject as well. We just helped sponsor a conference at UNL on human trafficking. One mm. of the ladies we brought in was Tina Front to talk about her experience as a human trafficking victim. She was pulled and taken at the age of nine and sold across the country. And I, I asked Tina, I said, uh, she's originally from the Washington, D.C. area. And I said, Tina, ever come to Nebraska? All the time. She said, they move me through Nebraska all the time. And I said, why Nebraska? Because the laws are so weak here, she said. Wow. It's easy to function here. Nobody knows. You can come and go. Good money to be made and no real threat. Yeah. But the girl that came to us, that's, this is not her real name, Ashley. Uh, actually, it was her mom. Her mom told us a story. She came. Uh, Ashley was coming home with black and blue marks. And uh, mom said, what's going on, Ashley? She had just graduated from high school. Matter of fact, my wife had gone to her high school graduation. And uh, she started attending Southeast Community College, uh, had this desire for a music career, Mm. attractive young lady, uh, had now turned 19. And mom said, what's going on? And she said, mom, I can't tell you. So as many a good mom would do, and many of you probably have done, uh, when the Kids are gone, check out the room. And so through the room she went. And she found this piece of paper with, a web, with websites on it. And when she went to those websites, there was Ashley being advertised for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. And so she confronted her. She said, Ashley, you know, what is this? She said, well, Mom, I wanted to get into this music career. This guy promised me some things. He had actually cut an album. Uh, on our PowerPoint, I have a picture of the guy. He's still running out there. And there are seven of us girls. He started beating me and uh, uh, forcing me to have sex with him. Then pretty soon he was forcing me to have sex with others to uh, continue his music career. I'm getting no money out of it, but I'm having to have uh, sell myself. Mm. And mom said, this is unbelievable, Ashley. Uh, I don't know what to do. So she came to us. We went to the police. They said, well, she's 19. There's nothing we can do. And so I called her and I said, Ashley, if there's ever anything we can do, call me because we can't just pull you out of this until you're willing. Well, finally, about six months later, she called me and said, they're going to kill me if I don't get out. We, We 
contacted police, put her in a safe house, eventually got her to New York uh, with Teen Challenge. We, we covered that on our own. But it was it was so disturbing as as we know that there are still six other girls. Not only that, she was taken out in the country outside of Lincoln. An older gentleman uh, met with other men like the guy that was holding her or controlling her, I should say. And there was like this network and he was the hub. But police are still investigating, trying to figure all that out. That's right here in our state. It's right in Lincoln. With a 19-year-old that grew up right here in our, in our own state. Right. Um, so what can we do? What are things, Al, um, you know, instead of growing calloused and hard and angry and uh, just want to, you know, go punch somebody, yeah. what, at least that's the way I get, um, what can we do that's going to be helpful? What can we do that's going to be proactive? What can we do that's going to be a part of seeing this human trafficking issue um, decrease instead of increase? Well, probably uh, my first response, which people are a little shocked at my first response, but my first response is this, stop watching pornography. Stop looking at pornography. And when I was growing up, what's advertised now in many businesses, probably even in the local newspapers, certainly on television, even commercials, it's hard to watch almost anything without what in my day was termed pornography being thrown in your face. Yeah. Uh, I have a huge screen in my office that I put by my desk because I'm often monitoring the Internet. And the reason I have that big screen, people come in, wow, that's so great. Well, it's really for accountability for me. Whenever I'm on the Internet, let the whole world see what I'm looking at yeah. because I've got to protect myself. In days past, when I was growing up, you had to go find it somewhere. Not so today. It's in your face. And men, sometimes women, have to become overcomers to overcome the pornography issue. It's so prolific in our society. We're just flooded with sexual immorality. So first thing, walk in purity. And that's what it says in Ephesians 5, 1 to 3. It talks about walking in purity. The other is, is simply becoming educated on this issue. That's certainly a, a big part of it. Prayer. I have a, I, I don't have any of these for sale, but they are available. It's a book called Land of the Free, written by Nicholas Canuso. He's originally from Nebraska. Uh, he's currently in Florida. But it's not only great information about human trafficking, it ties it in with prayer, how to pray about this issue. Um, if you contact our office, we can get you a copy, or you can just go on Amazon. It's just called Land of the Free. And uh, get yourself well-educated. Pray about all of this. Help us when legislation comes up. If you're part of our intercessory prayer network, you'll get information when legislation is happening in regard to human trafficking, and there are various ways you can help us with that. And just be alert to what's going on around you because my guess is at some point in your life you're going to run into it, whether it's in your high school, whether it's in college, or whether it's just at a truck stop or a gas station where you see something that just doesn't look right, that is there, yeah. you need to call the Polaris Project, call their toll-free number, or call local police and just say, I saw something that doesn't sound right. Or if it's just your school administrators, I saw something that just doesn't look right. Maybe it should be checked out. Right on, right on. Wow. Well, as you can obviously tell, Al is extremely passionate about helping people find the justice 
God is a God of justice. There's a lot of scriptures that deal with God wanting to bring justice for, for mankind. And he has us to be a part of that solution. Al, I want to thank you for being here with us today. Um, and if you want more information about Nebraska Family Alliance, you want to talk to Al, he'll be right outside in our lobby. If you're watching down in our gym, as soon as the service is over, he'll still be here. So come on up and uh, meet with him as well. Why well, don't you guys please thank Al for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. When you hear things like this, you probably have to ask yourself what I do, and that is, God, where are you at? Um, where, 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 what are you doing? Uh, do you know that this is going on? Do you, do you realize what's happening in this world around us? Are, are you still in control? And you read things like this about God's heart. Psalms 9 says, The Lord, the Lord is a shelter for the oppressed and a, ref, a refuge in their time of trouble. That's who God is. God is still in control. He very much knows exactly what's going on. And he's saying, I will be a shelter to the oppressed. And I'll be a refuge to them in their time of trouble. That's the God we serve today. He, he does not overlook people's pain. The horrific things that are happening with these millions and millions of women and children that are in sex slavery today is not going unnoticed by God. God does not turn his head. God does not close his eye. Nor does God close his ear to the ones who cry out to him. In fact, God goes on and says, this is my heart of protecting the oppressed. Take a look at what Psalms also has to say in chapter 72. It says, for he, God, he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood in his sight. Deliver them. Rescue them. Precious are those who are being oppressed. God says not even a drip of their blood falls on the ground will go unnoticed. Not even a tear of pain that comes from their eye will go unnoticed. Don't ever get caught callously thinking to yourself, what did that girl do to get herself in that situation? Always assume the opposite. Always assume that someone was wicked enough to deceive them. That no girl woke up on this planet ever thinking to themselves, you know what I want to be? I want to be a sex slave. That's what I want to be. Susie, what do you want to be when you grow up? Never hear that come out of the mouth of a human being. So always, always err on the side of going, I don't know how they got there, but if there's something that I can do to help, I want to help. That's what God would say. God calls you and me to action. Look at what Psalms also has to say about what God says to to us in verse 4 of chapter 82. It says, rescue the weak, Jeff Baker, and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Rescue the weak. And deliver them from the hand of the wicked. How can you begin to rescue them and deliver them? You first have to start with your own heart. It's right here. It's what you're allowing to be in slavery and to be trafficked. Right inside of here. That's where it starts. Oh yeah, maybe one day you'll meet someone at a truck stop and you'll be the one who calls the Polaris Project hotline and you'll be the one that turns them in and you'll be the one that finds some girl who's loosed and set free. I pray that that happens. But I know this, it starts right here. Every piece of sin that you and me allow to stay inside of us that goes undealt with and overlooked, like pornography, 
that is undealt with, that's not eradicated, that isn't challenged, isn't fought after, isn't sought after to destroy and kill so that you could stand before God as righteous and holy, is a sin that locks you in bondage. It's a sin that holds you in slavery. It's a sin that literally allows the enemy to traffic your heart. That's where God would want you and me to start. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 5 has to say about it. It says, an evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. Our sin acts like ropes that catch us. You know what that, those words literally mean? Ropes that catch you? Those words literally mean to hold you as a slave. Your sin and my sin holds us as a slave. And if the enemy can hold part of your heart as a slave, he's got part of your heart that can't be used to help others find freedom. But this is what our prayer should be. Our prayer should be concerning the heart. It should be this. Psalms 119. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Direct my footsteps according to your word. It should be God, line my life up with your word. That's where truth is found. That's where freedom is found. That's where slavery is broken in your heart when your life lines up with God's word. This pornography issue, it's no light issue. In the church today, statistics tell us that it's 50-50. It's the same amount of pornography being used in the world is the same amount of pornography that's being used inside of those that would call themselves Christians that are attending this worship service today. I know as a fact that is a massive major issue. What is God saying to you? He's saying, align your heart with my word. And what should our prayer be? God, align my heart with your word and let no sin rule over me. Let no sin be my master. Let me not be slave to the master of sin. That's some of the first things that you and me can do. And once we deal with the issues of our hearts, then we can start dealing with the second greatest slavery, which is the slavery, spiritual slavery in the hearts of of those that live in Buffalo County. In the heart. We haven't even got to the physical yet. We're just dealing with the heart. You first deal with your heart, then God's going to give you opportunities to see the slavery of sin that's in the hearts of co-workers and friends and family members that you know. Start praying about that, start loving them, and start loosing them and setting them free. Because as the spiritual heart gets free, man gets free. As the spiritual heart of man gets free, the enemy is crushed underneath our foot. It's then, then God gives you the opportunities to maybe meet some of the physical needs of slavery. Don't go in reverse today. Don't let compassion to stir your heart to deal with someone else's slavery until you first are willing to deal with your own. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to set the slave free of the heart. He said it this way in Luke chapter 4. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. And He has set me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is what Jesus came to do. One of those things was to release the oppressed. First, He's dealing with your chains. The chains that are oppressing you. Then he's dealing with the chains of those that you love the most. And he's wanting you to help cut and break those chains. 
Then he's dealing with those chains that we're dealing with today, this invisible need of slavery. And he wants to use each and every one of us to break those chains. That's why Jesus came. And if Jesus is your Lord and he's your leader today, let him rule your heart to break chains. And if Jesus isn't your Lord and he isn't your leader today, I want, to, I want you to consider the fact of letting, letting God be your Lord and leader. Letting God be your Savior. Letting God come and set you free from the sin that's inside of you. Cut those chains and then give your life to Him and say, God, how do you want to use me? My life is in your hands. I want you to break the chains in my heart and help me to break the chains in the lives of others. Why don't you stand with me today, please? In a moment, I'm going to pray. When I pray, I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to get real with God. Get real with God, get right with God. If your heart is in slavery, give your heart to God. If if your life is found in bondage from sin, give that sin to God. Deal with the slavery of your own heart so that you can be free to deal with the slavery in others. That's what God's called us to do today. But that response is up to you. We brought you the news. We brought you the news. And you know what? It still is good news. Why? Because God's still in control. God's still in control. I want to challenge you to run to Him today and find out what His solution is for your personal life so that you can be a part of His solution for the issues of our world. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank You that You're still in control in the midst of a world that seems like it's in turmoil and it's falling apart at the seams and one wicked act is being done after another and it seems like the heart of men grow colder and colder. We know this, You're still in control, You still love man, and you're still, You still have Your game plan on, which is You sent Jesus to give His life on the cross that while we were still sinners, You sent Him to die for us. Lord, You sent Him to die even for the wickedness of what men are doing in these situations of sex slavery. You sent Jesus to die even for them. You sent sent Jesus to die for the ones that are downloading pornography, that are helping to fund it. You sent Jesus to die on the cross for the one who picks up the prostitute on the corner. You, You sent Jesus for the one who sells their own child into sex slavery. And if you sent Jesus... For sins is horrific. It's what those sound like. You sent Jesus, first and foremost, to deal with the slavery of sin in my own heart. So God, come and set us free from the sin that so easily entangles us. Let's not overlook the log that's in our own eye for the speck that's in someone else's. Let's not overlook the sin that enslaves me that causes me to be master to it, puts me in ropes, causes me to be in slavery to it. God, let me not overlook that. Just to be compassionate, to take care of the needs of others first. But you say, love you with everything. Then love others. Lord, we want to make you number one in our lives today. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name.